From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic today is building better cloud ecosystem. From partners to internal stakeholders, enterprises are meeting challenges by deploying and innovating with cloud computing solutions. The key is to work as a team and build talent resources to confidently adopt emerging technologies. Two words for you, optimizing cloud. My guest is Keisha Garcia. Keisha is the Vice President of Digital Foundations at BP. This episode of Business Lab is sponsored by Infosys Cobalt. Welcome, Keisha. Thank you, Laurel. I'm happy to be here. Well, let's start off. So what has BP's move to the cloud been like from your perspectives? What are the major benefits and challenges with cloud transformation? Yeah, so our journey um, from my perspective has been exciting. It's been complex. It's been um, a learning journey all the while. Um, and it's been long. It's been pretty long. Our journey started in um, 2013 and we were experimenting on um, cloud computing for email services and HR learning uh, management systems. And then we uh, you fast forward to 2016 and we were about 2% um, of our BP applications were on the cloud. Um, as a company, we were conducting proof of concepts and determining what was the best approach and how do we do this at scale, large scale. Um, so in 2017, we adopted a cloud first approach, uh, meaning that anything that was any new hardware, any new um, system builds were going to be on the cloud, no more adding to our existing, um, at the time, eight mega data centers and over 107 different um, um, data centers throughout our regions, um, throughout the world. So we had decided that we were no longer going to add anything other than unless it was to the cloud or if it could, if it had to be on-prem, it had to be um, an exception by exception only. And so that kind of motivated us to push along and, and got everybody along for the journey. And, um, but again, just getting all of our business and everyone else sold into the business or sold into cloud and cloud concepts and, and all of those things, given the fact that not a lot of, there was a lot of unknowns at the time. So working with just different vendor partners and trying to find as knowledgeable people as possible. So again, that just all fed to the complexity. So by the close of 2022, um, we had gotten into our stride pretty pretty well and, and, um, and had done quite a few, or a, a large part of our uh, estate overnight percent of our state to be exact um, we have migrated to the to our cloud environments um, which enabled our faster product and service um, introduction and changing um, the BP digital operating model which we've moved to now to a product-led organization so our cloud migrations um, I think the the biggest some of the biggest benefits was it just it helped us optimize BP's technology stack of course it increased our operational resilience it introduced a lot of um, a lot, introduced new network and um, data architectures, accelerated our technology adoption, um, helping to push the modernizing of our state and keeping those evergreen, um, as well as it also assisted in, in the reduction of our CO2 e emissions um, from our data centers. So, um, however, migrating to the cloud at 
at the scale that we've had to, as large as our landscape is, um, again, as I said, was challenging, complex, um, and extensive uh, because we had an extensive legacy IT estate. And, um, and, I t and as I said earlier on, just hosted in the large eight, uh, large mega data centers throughout the US as well as um, in Europe. And then also just the, the myriad of uh, data centers that we have across our regions. So the challenge, I cannot overstate. It, it has mm -hmm. been that, but the, the gains have been great. So that's a, a great look at the, the past and the journey that BP has been on. So what are some of the major cloud trends you're seeing today? So some of the, the, the major um, trends that we're seeing today um, from a platforms perspective, see increasing number of organizations are looking at, uh, looking to consolidate their business applications on the cloud-based platforms, be more cloud native, um, mm. um, a robust data and analytics platforms as well um, that will allow you know, both real-time and on-demand access to key business information. Um, again, as we said, we've moved to a product-led organization. So we're seeing that, um, of course, there's several companies that are doing the same. Um, um, digital teams are aligning to product-led operating models to ensure the customer centricity and cu customer focus. And then also just putting that at the forefront um, and then product development and enabling business and business-led prioritization and product delivery, which helps again with us aligning more to our business strategy. And given where we're going um, with um, moving to an integrated energy company and our transition um, with reInvent, that has been huge for us. Um, there's lots of markets that we're tapping into, lots of things that we're doing, and it absolutely, we have to get on board with the business to be able to be dynamic and be able to shift and be able to move and um, to be able to provide a faster time to market with solutions. And so from that standpoint, being on a cloud platform, having all of the technology that's available to us to do that at pace um, and align with our business has been awesome for us. As, and, and I'm and I've seen, and I'm seeing a lot more um, companies wanting to um, just share um, experiences, knowledge, because they're trying to do the same. Um, also, just the um, um, the cloud native uh, piece of that, and cloud native enterprise um, is an organization that has aligned business and technology teams to to help again modernize the, the estate. But we have to build more cloud native um, capability so that things can be more plug and play versus um, the huge build outs. And then again, having to do a lot of the upgrading and 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 all of the things that would come along with not um, building and and being on top or being with more in the cloud native state. Also just um, again, part of our reInvent journey, this also enables the, the, um, the, the climate action. We're seeing a lot of folks that are moving towards um, doing, doing the things that align with, our, with the Paris Agreement, as well as all of the things that we're doing along uh, reInvent. So decarbonizing digital assets directly impacts about 2% of the global energy consumption. So therefore, it, it helps. Every bit helps. And so therefore, those are the things that we're seeing. And we're also, of course, moving into the, moving there in that space to also assist with us getting to net zero. Um, there's also just being able to be more of a connected world. So 2023 promises, um, well, this year and, and beyond promises opportunities for large-scale industrial 5G broadband um, based IoT usage and, and, and catapult uh, connections for remote regions. And so we've 
really started to build off of that as well with building digital twins and all of the different things that we're doing at our refineries and then also on our rigs and platforms um, that will capitalize on just the cloud-based um, technology. So there's quite a few things that we're seeing that are trending, but things that we're already in the works with and, and moving towards. And the last one is just the evolution of the CIO that we're seeing. The CIO seems to have gone away. I don't see a lot of CIO titles anymore that are out there. Um, and we definitely um, have moved away from that as well as the way our organization is structured. And as I said earlier, aligning a lot more with um, product-led organizations and um, making sure that um, we have technology leaders that that are elevating their financial acumen along with business prioritizations and outcomes and bringing that business value and finding where those uh, value streams are within, within your business strategies and aligning to those and then evaluating and bringing about the technology that will be and the catalyst and a differentiator for most businesses and definitely ours. That's quite a bit. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how do you actually bring together a company to maintain and manage and optimize all of those business practices in the cloud? Uh, what are some of those best practices companies should be thinking about in order to collaborate and, and deploy cloud technologies? I think the biggest thing um, that we're seeing that or that I saw that were best practices and lessons learned and, and things is just providing clear stakeholder communications. Um, if you don't have your business on board and understanding what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and what's in it for them, that it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard to do a mass migration um, as we have an adaption of cloud the way that we have. And I mean, I think um, I definitely do know that, unfortunately, I hate that COVID happened, but it definitely forced um, the business to really see the benefit because we had already, we were pretty much about, I want to say 50% on the cloud by the time um, a little, probably a little less than 50% on the cloud by the time COVID hit, but we were on the cloud for our major things. And our business really didn't skip a beat really with being able to connect from anywhere in the world. And so they saw the benefit of that. They saw some of the things that we had talked about, but just having that clear outline communication around what you will get, what you don't get, how you, where you will be in each parts of the journey. That was, I cannot express how important that was um, to do that. Um, involve application teams, service owners, um, end users early in the development and delivery of, of the strategy. Um, again, just bringing everyone along for the journey. I cannot overstate how important that is. Um, modify your operating model, your digital operating model specifically, to align so that you're working um, more seamlessly together across different areas and allowing for um, the breakdown of expertise in particular areas um, and having that focus on that expertise and continuing to develop that and evolve that because technology as always, um, but definitely in this space changes ex extremely quick. And so therefore you have got to ensure that your people are getting as educated, updated with the skill sets as possible um, and building on the benefits um, realize, a realization plans um, was also key. So those are some of the, I guess, softer ones that I would think that, um, that people might overlook. Um, other ones, just the hybrid approach that we had, the hybrid approach to transformation. We recognized early on the need for a hybrid approach combining uh, you know, our cloud migration with the retention of certain applications, dedicated data centers, um, intermediary, or 
intermediary um, migration environments, um, allowing for cost-effective and secure operations. Those are some of the best practices as far as the, um, just how we were going to transform and what that looks like and not thinking that it's a one size fits all and, and being able to, to assess um, your estate, what's best if you have a large end of serviceable life estate, a legacy estate as we did, where we were legacy with operating model, uh, the code base on, on our applications across our entire landscape, it was huge. I think um, when we first started this journey out, a, a good over 60% of our estate was that end of serviceable life due to one of one or the other of, of the things that I just mentioned. And so instead of trying to tackle those separately, we decided what's the best way for us to leverage and bring that all together. So being flexible and looking at the art of the possible across your state and what you have to do to address multiple things was also really a great way to look at this as well, because you and I probably know from experience, just any time that you say that you're going to go back and do something, nine times out of 10, you don't. You do the first tactical thing and it stays that way forever. So it was for me a, a good thing for us to take best practice to, if we only have to do something once or only have to open up the box once, then let's just open it up once and figure out how much of transformation can we do in one time to keep us at ease, but also to cover as much um, modernization as we can before we hand them back over to our um, ops teams. Um, I think I've already touched on just CIO buy-in and business buy-in. Um, those are best practices, some of those things that were softer that I mentioned earlier. Having a governance framework, um, delivery model re restructured for effectiveness, um, and how do you get things approved and establish those things, um, again, upfront. The delivery models to having that delivery model to ensure smooth cloud migrations, while also ensuring business service continuity and accommodating evolving business requirements. Because as you know, again, with all of the different, uh, the, some of the trends that we talked about or that, we, that I mentioned earlier, those trends are things that when you start to go and implement those things, business change, the business change is enormous. Um, and so being able to be flexible to accommodate those, but not being marred down in who needs to approve this, what decision, who's making this decision. If you establish those things up front with a good, governance framework um, and a delivery model that um, that allows for that flexibility and effectiveness, um, then that was also key and golden. The collaboration with digital delivery partners, um, I can't express enough, um, finding great delivery partners. There's no way that knowledge is, is known by, um, by everyone in your organization. And like, and like I said, given the, the the pace at which um, technology changes and things are being rolled out, you always need people that are also keeping their fingers on the pulse from learnings and, and different experiences. And so you, you can only get that sometimes if you also worked externally with external partners. And we had um, a couple of them, quite a few of them actually, that um, proved to be very, very great partners. Um, and we all learned together. Um, Emphasis, Wipro, several of the others, but Emphasis has been a major partner of ours. We had eight vendor partners to supplement in-house capabilities, and um, and it was great. Adopting modern ways of working, um, agility, um, and agility in its in its simplest forms, but also just being agile and utilizing agile practices, which will help you move much faster. Setting up your squads, those type of things, and then of course 
I cannot, I'll say it again, last one, but communication, 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 and training for sustainability. Um, and just continuing to build your knowledge base to be able to continue to support the platforms and the new technology that's coming on board. So those are some of the things that we saw, or that's lessons learned, best practices in general. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like how critical is talent to that kind of cloud transformation? And, and what are some of the techniques, communication clearly, for recruiting and refining talent for adopting cloud technologies? Yeah, um, given the fact that as we talked, you know, every, there's so many people that are that are going along this journey, some at the very beginning, some middle, some almost nearing the end. Um, but because of that, the market out there is extremely competitive um, to great get great talent. Um, and then also just upscaling your talent that you have in the door already. Um, your existing um, staff um, is also critical. So offering a competitive um, um, a compensation package, um, as well as providing training and certification opportunities. Um, because again, it, it's keeping your employees motivated um, and keeping them um, um, focused on being being 100% all in and passionate around what we're doing and why we're doing it, but also recognizing that people have to enjoy what they do and the compensation package has to be great. And also the learning opportunities and promoting a learning culture um, has to be there because that's what people are looking for as we see, um, as people are moving from place to place in order to retain great talent, in order to attract great talent, all of those offerings need to be there. They're important. Um, they're important for the success of, of any transformation program that you're doing. Um, for some of the reasons that I touched on earlier, the pace at which technology moves, um, as well as the fact that everybody is out doing all of these things to test the waters and to also create a more a sustainable environment to also create, um, uh, to, to be able to get to market faster, to create all the different trends that are happening um, with people working in different spaces and places around the, across the globe. Um, all of those things, the offerings have to be there to, to attract that talent, but most of all, also building a diverse and inclusive workforce. Um, and in order to do that, the offering has to be there across the board um, for people that want to work from home, people that want to work in an office building, um, people that are doing different things or at different stages and points in their lives. Having that flexibility to offer your employees to retain that great talent is absolutely key and critical for the purposes of the success of your transformation. And then, you know, you did mention the importance of working with partners, especially when you're trying to build this collaborative ecosystem. So what is that like working with partners in this large scale cloud transformation? Again, you can't know everything and you're not always going to get all of those things right. So that's where you have the extension of, I would say, an extension of additional brain our extension of learning and, and those things. So leveraging partner partnerships with educational institutions, collaborating with universities and colleges to establish internships, co-op um, programs, and recruitment pipelines for cloud-related roles. Um, because again, as you see in universities, the, the technology is key and they're, and they're learning new things and students coming out of, of universities are, they're more conscious of all of the things that are going on in the environment. Um, and they're wanting to work with people that are, are moving towards um, 
making the environment better and the sustainability of that and um, the low carbon initiatives that are going on and getting to net zero, believe it or not, those are all things that are known um, and that students are, are, are every, as soon as I go into recruiting at a, at a university, it's the first thing that they ask, um, what's really going on with reInvent? What do you, what do you see and how do you utilize technology to help leverage that? So I think building those partnerships with educational institutions are great, as well as those partnerships with our third party vendors that we've done as well, because they're doing some of the same things with, with getting students and as well as keeping up with the trends, keeping up their skill sets and capabilities and being able to have that flex staff to flex up and down as necessary. Um, um, as, as you go through the ebb and flows of your journey of, of transformation, um, things start, stop, and or increase, and sometimes you need to move at pace, or the just the complexities that comes with um, marrying things um, with moving off of your legacy estate and still trying to keep that BAU and no downtime for your business. Um, so therefore, all of those things you cannot know within one organization. You have to look to research and development. And again, the partnerships with, with, the, with the universities, the partnerships with third-party vendors is absolutely critical and key. You've mentioned sustainability a couple of times. So how will moving to the cloud and adopting these kind of emerging technologies actually help BP as a company address the sustainability goals that it may have? We have the reduced environmental impact paired with efficient um, resource utilization. So moving to the cloud allowed us to reduce our carbon footprint by you know, transition from uh, on-premise data centers to a more energy efficient cloud infrastructure um, with, we are du dual cloud um, um, company. We use both AWS and Microsoft Azure. Um, and so definitely working with the both of them for uh, what they're doing around the um, energy efficient um, cloud infrastructure that they're that they're pushing and doing and working with them on, on all hands of how to measure that. Um, also, how do we con what's 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 the projection of what we're going to contribute as we continue to move forward and, and get to nearing the end of our cloud journey? Also enabling us to optimize our energy consumption, like I said, by scale, scaling resources up and down based on demand, um, driving efficient energy usage, um, reducing waste, and, and contributing to our wider BP sustainability goals as well. Um, there was a time, again, when we were on-prem and we would have large amounts of servers running and some of those servers, those servers were literally less than 50% utilized, um, but yet they're still on, they're still utilizing energy um, as well. So this moving to cloud allows us again, from the optimization perspective of, of what we consume. Also low carbon uh, emissions, data-driven sustainability and enhanced operational efficiency. So moving to the cloud supports uh, and drives our low our, our low carbon emission by enabling our company to utilize renewable power sources. So by adopting emerging technologies such as AI and machine learning. So the transformation to cloud allows for, for us to analyze vast amounts of data, um, driving our innovation and decision-making power for BP's sustainable initiatives. And um, again, this has been huge for us uh, and being a data-driven, being data-driven, helps identify opportunities for resource optimization, emissions reduction, as well as environmental impact mitigation. So in the data space, large opportunities there. And then also there's just a continuous improvement in innovation and having or utilizing cloud platforms 
at forums provides the necessary um, comput computational power um, and tools to implement um, advanced analytics, pr uh, predictive modeling, as well as um, simulation techniques, which also enables us to continuously improve our sustainability performance. And it also allows for new solutions um, to be um, provided as well as to contribute to all of the industry-wide um, sustainability advancements. Things that when I get around other CIO tables or other tables with other um, people that are um, leading their transformations, we share um, ideas, we, we talk about um, the things that we're doing, uh, how we're measuring that um, and sharing that across the across the table is really good because again you get to also hear some of the things that they're doing which gives you some of the ideas of how they're using technology to continue with the sustainability goals so from that standpoint it's it that's how we've um, helped to leverage our cloud um, transformation to help with our sustainability aspirations of getting to net zero yeah that's quite significant You've outlined uh, major cloud trends like going cloud native um, that you're seeing today. So what are some of the cloud enabled technologies or, or like use cases that you're really excited to see emerge in the next three to five years? So um, I would say that I'm really excited about there's there's quite a few, so I'll try and limit it. Um, so edge AI, I think that the convergence of edge computing and AI presents um, an exciting opportunity for the real-time um, data, a, a real-time low latency processing and decision-making at the network edge, which is ex extremely critical for us given um, all of the platforms, rigs um, that we have out uh, across the globe. Um, that is absolutely key and I'm excited about that because um, this technology helps to enable and develop our innovative applications in our industry, in our industry to, to optimize the energy consumption of smart grids and enhance predictive maintenance in our operations. So for me, edge AI is, is really one that I'm, I'm excited about. Um, also um, quantum computing, um, it has the potential to solve complex problems and perform computations that are currently infeasible for classical computers. So in the next three to five years, I'd expect to see significant progress in quantum computing technology, um, which has the potential to revolutionize the way we approach um, computational challenges and drive innovation across multiple sectors of, of our business, but multiple sectors of the energy industry in general. And then mm, I'll probably think of a couple more. So I would, I would say um, things have progressed quite far along in this space, but um, IoT, and um, integration and analytics in that space, the, the pro prolification of IoT devices continues to generate massive volumes of data. So cloud platforms will play a crucial role in processing, analyzing, and extracting meaningful insights from this data. Um, in the next few years, and currently even today, I think um, we've, we see further advancements in cloud-based IoT uh, integration analytics, um, as well as enabling us and or other organizations to harness the full potential of IoT data, um, which will drive smarter decision-making and predictive maintenance, um, as well as asset optimization and automation, uh, or automation rather. So I just think from an IoT perspective, again, big driver, we've been doing digital twins. We've been doing quite a few things um, within our platforms and just within our production business. So um, those, are, those are some of the three that really excite me. And then, of course, there's the augmented reality, but I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> but there's a few things that are that are coming along that um, that really excite, excite us and will be driving our business forward. Fantastic. Keisha, thank you so much for joining us today on the Business Lab. 
Thank you for having me. That was Keisha Garcia, the Vice President of Digital Foundations at BP, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the Director of Insights, the Custom Publishing Division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and you can also find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Jiro Studios. Thanks for listening.